The Radium Podcast, episode 77. We're doubling the barrel. Now, we're here with 77 episodes. I want to make it really clear. If you want to hear more about plugins we use here in Hollywood, California, how we get into it, how we freak a mix, we talk music, business, marketing, everything, rolling out your records and doing it the proper way with 15 plus years of experience in the industry, then subscribe now. But also, like and comment on this video because YouTube is really prioritizing the big guy. And we're just small content makers. We do this all we're out of indie, the studio. We're indie, man. We're indie as Help we're us out. As F. Trust us, like, uh, hitting, hitting, doing a comment, a like, uh, a subscription that, like, you know, blows us up. It, like, yeah. allows us it to, you know, us. keep going. Because uh, without that, you know, YouTube just pushes us to the bottom. So. That's right. So massive help if you just like, comment, subscribe, whatever you want to do. Not pushing on you, but uh, thank you so much for doing so. Now we're running right into this stuff. This is like a big, powerful podcast. I've been running into this a lot with independent artists I work with, but they just do not know what to set up before they start releasing music again. Now this could be you. You could be an artist that hasn't released in six months, three months, right? And you're just about to get back into releasing music. Or maybe you're releasing your first song. These tips and strategies, these seven things are going to absolutely they're going to be a mind mind blower for you. And I want you to write these down, have a pen and paper ready because we're going to go fast, all right? Now, Kev, I'm going to let them... Uh, it's eight ways, right? It's the eight things we got to do to set up this thing. I said seven. We're adding an eighth. That's a bonus. So, Kev, we're going to start with number Might eight. Might even have some you. more bonuses. Yeah. So, for number eight, uh, we have getting your PRO set up. So, tell me, Brad, what what is a PRO just uh, in the most basic form? So a PRO stands for Publishing Rights Organization. Um, there's a lot of things that these people do, but the most important thing is is that they collect money for you. So when you put a song out, there's no way you can actually make that money unless you have an ASCAP or a BMI account with one of these people. Um, if you are getting into CSAC or other, uh, other organizations, those are private organizations, and you actually need to be invited to actually be um, a part of those organizations. But BMI or ASCAP is open to the public. You can pay, I think, what is it, $50 uh, if you want to be a writer under ASCAP, $50 if you want to be a publisher under ASCAP. And the same with BMI, I think it's uh, I think it's like $100 to sign up. I think maybe BMI is actually even free. You got to be over 18 because I definitely yeah. wasn't over 18 when I first signed up and yeah. fudged the numbers. <laughs> so the PRO, the, the publisher, uh, the publishing rights organization goes out and collects all the money for your publishing on the writing side. If you're also signed up as a publisher under them, they will also collect your publisher end as well. So this is really important to understand. If you're streaming music on Spotify, on Apple Music, if people are buying and downloading your music... Um, Okay, so if you're buying and downloading it, it's a mechanical sell. Okay, so that's usually going to go under your like distribution, right? Your distro kid's going to collect that, uh, your CD baby, etc. If you're for old school, you use Harry Fox Agency. Yeah, the Harry Fox Agency <laughs> is who actually collects on the mechanical side. Yeah. Now, if they're streaming it, that stream is known as an actual public performance. Now, performance is collecting on the publishing, which is the the performance rights organization, which a lot of people call these as well. I call them publishing rights organizations because publishing has become very confusing as of late, right? Yeah, I think they're technically performing. Yes, because it's performance. <laughs> yeah. Because even if it's streamed off of a server at Spotify's headquarters, that's looked at as a performance. 
But it's also, if it's in a playlist and played at a bar, that's a performance. If it's played live, it's a performance. If a DJ plays your shit somewhere, it's a performance. So you're getting paid every time this stuff happens. Um, we have They have blanket, uh, blanket statements and uh, agreements, the record companies, um, the uh, DSPs, the digital service providers, have blanket agreements with the publishers. So I want you to understand that. They go in and they say, how much for your catalog, BMI? And BMI says this much money. Okay, that pot gets split up by how much your stuff is streaming within that pot. So it's really, really important to understand the difference between a performance, which is the PRO, the BMI, the ASCAP, and what that is collecting, and the mechanical royalty of a download, a sell. Okay. Now, at the end of the day, I'm going to say one last thing about this, and I'm going to hand it over to Kev. But um, at the end of the day, publishing and performance royalties are the biggest pot and the most money that is made in the music industry. It is the largest pot of money made in music. And a lot of people say, well, I don't give a fuck about streaming. You know, what am I going to get? 0.001 cent. I don't care. That is the largest pot of money in the music industry as of today being collected anywhere number seven we have set up your sound exchange explain what a sound exchange is brad oh god this is this is just going to be we're just going to go real technical (laughs) we're just going to hit them with the technicals (laughs) all right so sound exchange is going to go basically admin everything all right so they're going to take your mechanical royalties they're going to take your uh they basically admin your publishing but they admin the, the mechanical part of it as well so they'll go collect money that you cannot reach and the performance rights organizations are not reaching. Unless you're signed under a pub deal to a major label. Yes, exactly. But Sound <laughs> Exchange is basically offering you that ability, which is really amazing in 2020. I think they got established not even that long ago, maybe a decade ago or something. But um, Sound Exchange came about because you had all these independent artists distributing on their own, right? Mm-hmm. And they were saying, man, we can distribute on our own. We can upload directly to SoundCloud now, right? Uh, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify even, mm-hmm. right? And we go DistroKid, CD Baby, uh, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Distribution, digital distribution. We don't have to print CDs anymore if you don't want to technically. So what did SoundExchange do? They said, hey, we see a big need here. Mm-hmm. We're going to come in and we're going to admin this stuff for these independent artists. Because some independent artists are playing in Indonesia, in India, in China. I mean, China's a little bit harder. But, uh, what about Ireland? New Zealand? Yeah, Ireland, New Zealand, these places around the world. Iceland. Japan. You know, these places where literally they're, they're streaming this Mongolia. music. They're putting it on movies. You don't even know about it, right? You, they're putting it on commercials in their country. You have no idea about it. But the thing is, is that SoundExchange has all these affiliates worldwide, and they'll go around and they'll admin, administrate those those monies and collect them for you which is really great they have all these partners but it's a private company and you are paying to join the company so i think it's like 129 dollars. highly recommend you do not do it until you have some sort of catalog ready don't think like i need to sign up for sound exchange i'm dropping my first record that's a waste of money don't do it (laughs) that's my personal opinion on it but um, I think if you have a catalog, you're a pretty well-known independent artist in your building, and you're getting like hundreds of thousands of streams on Spotify. If you're not adminning your publishing through uh, Sound Exchange and paying them to go out and collect all these monies, you're losing out on hundreds, possibly thousands, or tens of thousands of dollars as an independent. 
That's so, what the labels do, right? They offer that service within their their service of being a label. They admin the publishing. They go out and they have affiliates around the world that collect those monies. Yeah, most labels. But you can be totally independent and have a sound exchange, and that's that's incredible. So let's get into something a little bit more practical, which is a dur moment. Get your socials together. Yeah, that means make sure you have pretty much everything. People want to reach out and find you yeah, everywhere. Facts. Uh, go where your cl- uh, where your customer is, and not where you want to be. You know what I mean? Oh, so important. So uh, if if you're making like music for 14 year olds, you should definitely be on SoundCloud. And uh, it's not about where you want your customer to listen to music. It's about where your customer already is. Where you want to build your social media. <laughs> yeah. Where you want to build your Instagram. I want really big Spotify plays. Yeah, facts. facts. <laughs> yeah, good. Pretty point. typical stuff. But yeah, make sure uh, you have um, the what you know. A full social media setup. You already know what that looks like. I don't have to really explain that, but make sure you have. Try to get the same at on all of them, just for consistency. Things like this, just basic stuff like that, makes you a lot more searchable, um, especially when it comes to um, SEO and stuff like Google. So, um, and and Kevin you is talking on that. Kevin is talking about the fifth step in this. Uh, you know, I think, I think everything you said is a hundred percent. It's absolutely correct. A lot of people are trying to build a different uh, social media platform that they would like to build up by dropping music on there. But if you have like a, already a following on SoundCloud, why would you go and try to get everybody to go to Spotify? Like just triple down on SoundCloud, right? You know, it's super important. But also like going- Well, you, I mean, it just depends where you are always. Because I think at a certain point, if you have one really big platform, what happens is platforms go under and then you lose the sure. complete following. So sure. you want to, you do want to spread it out. I, c- I could see that, but I would, I would say like at the point where you're just releasing one, two, three, five, you know, your first EP, mm-hmm. you should really go for audience and building an audience. And yeah, if you're on SoundCloud and people are streaming your stuff, of course, like hit them up on SoundCloud and say, yo, I'm on Instagram, go follow me. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, did you check me out on Spotify? Like, I'd love it if you added it to your playlist. You know, reach out to these people directly. But um, a big major thing that Kevin was talking about that I I think is super important is making sure your actual picture on your profile for every single profile across every single thing. If you're on Spotify, you have the same picture. If you're on LinkedIn, you have the same picture. If you're on Facebook, you have the same picture. Because people are just automatically they're going to look you up. Like if they look up Bradley HD, they look up Bradley, Deniston, whatever, they're going to see the same. Okay, that's it. Because I saw him on Instagram. Now I can find him on Facebook. Now I can find him on TikTok. Now I can find him on. And that is so powerful as an independent artist. It's the same way that the record labels are going to do it with image and branding across the board with your with your album to billboards to promotional material to the show. They're using the same text, fonts, all that stuff because it has to be recognizable. Oh, is that Rihanna? Rihanna's playing at the stadium over there? Oh, look at the Rihanna billboard. Oh, I know that album. You know, we want recognizable, quick things to look at. So that's really important. Social media is the the number one marketing platform for all your music and pushing your music. So in 2020, <laughs> maybe not in 1994, and maybe not, and maybe not in 2021. Maybe, maybe not in. We don't know. 1956. <laughs> Thanks. So but, this takes us to number four, and I want I want to get right into this because I know that uh, Kevin, you know, well, we all skipped about over this. number five, right? No, number five we just covered was uh, social media. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, so let me just hit this. You just have these weirdly numbered on the thing. No, mine, mine's I fixed the numbering. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, my bad. 
<laughs> this is actually yours. So you want to say this one? No, go ahead. Okay. At number five, we have pre-orders. This is something that a lot of people kind of mess up. Uh, they basically don't create anticipation uh, for their music. They basically just drop it day of, and they're like, oh, everyone come. You know what I mean? Dude, it's it's embarrassing. It's truly embarrassing. So I want to first say, if you've gotten this far in the podcast, smash the like button. Make a comment. Like, what have you learned from what we've already said? I feel like I'm going a million miles an hour, and I hope this is helping you guys, girls, whatever. You you got to smash that like button because we got a lot of stuff coming, and I want to get right into this and something that a lot of people don't understand about pre-saves and about pre-orders on Apple Music. So we got pre-orders on Apple Music and we got pre-saves on Spotify. These are highly powerful, okay? For one reason, biggest reason. The algorithm favors every algorithm. I don't care what it is. They favor pre-saves. They favor pre-orders. It bumps your music up, bumps it up, bumps it up, bumps it up, okay? It becomes recommended. It becomes on the front pages. It becomes on the charts. Spotify is built off of pre-saves, okay? Pre-saves and add to my playlist, your personal playlist. Where do you think Spotify playlist listing came from? Right? Uh, it came from outer space alien technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just some random influencer came in and just started popping it. No, people, people designed their playlists. And when those playlists became popular... Because they said, that's some good music on that playlist. And other people started to check it out. They went, wow, this is a cool playlist. And then Spotify started to catch on. They never wanted to be promoting Spotify playlist. Like, we now have submit hubs. We have all this stuff, right? Where you could submit to Spotify playlists. It's all the hype, right? Mm -hmm. The labels are in bed with Spotify. They're adding to the playlist. Right. We don't know that or not. But, you know. Oh, yeah, they are. Probably. Payola, modern day payola. But it's like the radio. But before this, we have to understand what a, what a Spotify playlist is. It's Ziggy Bubbles here on the couch. He's laying here. He's like sprawled out. He's like a super influencer on Spotify. People are following him. They're liking his music. They're liking his playlists. He keeps adding fresh playlists. He's sharing it with his friends. And they're going, man, Ziggy Bubbles is a super dope DJ. He's really popping all that fresh shit on there. Right? Cool. People start following the playlist. They start liking it. They also start taking songs out of his playlist, Mr. Ziggy Bubbles, and adding it to their own playlist because they want to work out to it, right? I got the Ziggy Bubbles workout playlist, right? I'm just grabbing songs from all of Ziggy's playlists, and I'm building my own. Now, Spotify caught on to this, and they said, whoa, this is really powerful. Like, you got people, like, designing these playlists that are getting, like, tens of thousands of followers on them. Oh, wait, hundreds of thousands of followers on them. Holy shit, what do we do as humans? We go, where's the traffic? Where's the distribution channel? How do we monetize? <laughs> right? So, <laughs> I don't want to say, what do we do as corporations? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not <is> as humans. <laughs> not as humans, but as corporations, as businesses, <laughs> as you know, a society of capitalism. We look at it as, okay, you got the distribution channel. How much do you want? And would you play my song on there? Well, I don't know. Let me check it out. You gonna you gotta pay to submit it, submit hub, pay it to pay to submit it to my playlist so I can listen to it and see if I like it, and I'll add it or accept it to my playlist. 
<laughs> playlists can bring you tons of revenue as a musician, as an artist, as a beat maker, as a producer, because playlists will automatically get your streams going within a week of being added to a big playlist mm -hmm. into the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands. Depending. <laughs> and return money because we talked about performance right organizations grabbing that performance money and paying you out. So this is really, really important. Pre-saves, pre-orders, that's how you get popping. That's how you get on Spotify playlists. People, Enough people get it. They pre-save it. They pre-order it. Yeah, People pay attention to it. So let's get into the next one, which is uh, kind of the thing that is a freebie, but everyone just basically overlooks. It's street teams, what we used to call in the 90s, but is still referred to today. Oh my gosh. Your street team so important. essentially is just a group of people that you know that are there to help on your release times. And it's your business team. Yeah. As an independent artist. We just call it street team because... No, it could be your fans. It could be anything. It just yeah. depends on who you want to activate. So It could be people following you on yeah. TikTok that love you and want to repost all your shit. Yeah, you create yeah. a Facebook group. Yeah. Bam, there's your street team. You Agreed. know what I mean? Agreed. You create an Instagram group, DM group, yeah. there's your street team. could be anywhere. I mean, the way I like to do it is to do use a uh, close friends feature on um, Instagram and just add oh, all great. the people. It's yeah. a great idea. So... Uh, that and Facebook And then groups. you can post, you can create posts if you're an artist, and then only these people will see those posts. Like, hey, I'm dropping the single. You can give them exclusive, you know what I mean, versions of the song, like the full Very thing. And then, yeah, only your close friends can see it. You can talk to them directly on your stories or, you know what I mean? So right. that's what I recommend. But as far as the utility of a street team, what are the types of things they're going to be doing for you? They're going to be uh, contacting outlets, blogs, if you use them that mm. way. The next thing is um, you're going to have them use them, uh, basically do referral marketing, which is they're going to go and, hey, I'm going to so refer important. this song. I'm going to tell all my friends about it, and they're going to tell their friends about it, you know, word of mouth stuff. Um, and then next, uh, if you're, you know, this goes beyond just the release, say you're playing shows, obviously back to those original ideas of of activating people, literally have them put, them put up signs, tell people about shows. If it's like a college, if you're doing a college tour, then that's like street team is everything. Right. Um, oh, facts. Just depends on, you know, what uh, what you're doing. But, uh, you know, street team is really important. Um, and it's, you you know, most of the time it's the people around you. But like I said, you can completely activate people you don't know, fans, people who just really like your music. You can add them to your street team and they will, you know, if they're really want to be involved with your brand and what you're doing, they're going to just do it for free because they love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Street team is super important. And if you're uh, signed to a label or even an independent that's a little bit more serious, I think of your street team as your actual team. It's uh, it's your manager. It's your booking agent. It's your uh, marketing you know, person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It, it's the people around you, your lawyer, your business lawyer, entertainment lawyer in this business. But, Man, um, you're you're lucky if you have a entertainment lawyer. You yeah. know what I mean? You must be doing something right. Well, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, not you, just some guy you call cuz right. yeah, I can say I have an entertainment lawyer, but Yeah. But um, you know, we have an entertainment lawyer at Radium, but I think like a big part of it is just like you have to have deals big enough to you have business. <laughs> yeah, to pay out someone, you know, a percentage of that. Like if you're going to do a $10,000 deal, like it's fine to pay a, an entertainment lawyer you know, $1,000 to look over the contract because in the long run, the back end, you'll collect a lot more and you'll be happy that you did that business, right? So super important. Street teams are amazing and uh, they're they're kind of like your audience. They're kind of a fan base of like, 
like people on your team that are almost like part of your business, you know? Mm -hmm. So as you go to, you should be scaling it. So facts. If you're if you're artists and you're playing locally, you should obviously have a local street team. But as you start to go to other places, maybe you you get popping in your state. Mm. Uh, you should have a street team in different counties. I like that. And then it should be different cities, different. You know, mm -hmm. you should expand your street team at all times, no matter what level you're at. Yeah, thanks. So. Cool. I think of that as like your power base in sales. Yeah. You know? Like your friends, your family, your network of people that. Uh, Maybe you went on a tour and you know someone from this club. Like you keep in contact with them, you follow up with them, you let them know, hey, we're about a month away from hitting your city. We need to line up some stuff. Like, how can you help us? How can we help you? Sort of thing. Um, I always go into everything like that. Like, yo, how can I help you? And then typically it's going to be okay to ask them for a little help after you've, you know, you've done some help for them. So don't go into it as like, I'm going to DM you, go listen to my song. <laughs> Go go stream out my song and give me a show in Atlanta because I need a street team there. Like that's that's the wrong way to do it. And we've talked about that in numerous podcasts uh, of the past. But let's get let's get right into uh, number three, which um another dur moment. Yeah, another dur moment, of course. But I think uh, I think Kev, you can really kind of get a little bit more into the details of number three. Um, and remember, we are talking about eight things that you eight actions you really need to take before you start releasing music again. Or if you're releasing your first songs, your first, second, third, fourth songs, maybe you're rolling out a project. These are like eight very definitive steps that I really want you to take into account. And uh, if you're getting something out of this right now, again, smash the like button, give us a comment. It helps us tremendously. We want to get this video out to as many people as possible and help as many independent artists as possible. That's the game here. You know, we pay to do this. We don't get paid from YouTube. We're not monetized. Like, we're just here trying to spread the love. All right. So, number three, here comes the big one content. What is music content, video? Brad? <laughs> content. Music video. Content, content, content. Why does that matter? I'm lit. I'm just going to post it on SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me all about it, Kev. What's up? Content can be anything from your album art to your music video to um, any banner ads to. Just about every single thing related with your single. I even recommend having like a specific, you know, piece of. You just could even be a logo. You know what I mean? Have yeah. something that you're that stands animated. out. Yeah, with your <laughs> yeah. single. But yes, yeah, so you want to have animated. Like right now, um, just posting photos to Instagram or all these other platforms. They don't really, um, they don't really move the meter very much. I guess is the best way to say it. So especially when you're posting in the stories, if you're just posting a photo in the stories, it's not going to activate people to um, click it yeah. and swipe up. Uh, really what you want to do is, you know, put your best foot forward and excite people about your content, which means you got to, you know, go, you got to do music videos. If you can't afford to do the music video, get uh, some form of performance. Like you can record yourself on a phone right. and you can perform the song. You know what I mean? Facts. Rappers do this all the time. Yeah. The quote-unquote in-studio performance, they might be at yeah. their house and they're just rapping at the camera. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Things like Triller or even um, TikTok, uh, TikTok yeah. Yeah. made that famous. So that Facts. that is okay to do. Just you know, do it and you know, make sure to have that checked off your list because if you don't, you know what I mean? You're going to – a lot thing of people I, just – One thing I love that yeah. uh, our, our, uh, our homie Garen is doing mm -hmm. is uh, he's just finding like – guitar players acoustic guitar players and he's just doing like acoustic like they'll be playing and he'll just sing his song like right there wherever he's at it could be a, a, in the middle of the street 
It could be, you know, in someone's room, in a living room, they're at a bar, they're wherever, and he's just like got a guitar player and he's singing a song and that's content. Yeah. Done. There needs to be at least some sort of visual that goes with your uh, your music. And so at yeah. the very least, you can, um, like, you, like you've even seen what I've done on, you know, some of our stuff. But, like, yeah. just animate it if you can. Exactly. You know what I mean? You can go on a Fiverr. You can pay a guy $5 to go and spend 20 minutes to make yeah. the logo move or, Facts. you know, make the, sky, make the sky move in the background on right. your photo. And all of a sudden, it's yeah. more exciting than just staring yeah. at a picture. So Truth. Right there. So content, obviously, music video, if you can afford it, going into the top, more top tier independent artists. And before we like skip around, I think like, I mean, Brad could tell you that if you run ads on a straight photo versus something animated or mm. something uh, that has actual video content, it's it's night and day. You know what I mean? If much you're spending more powerful, money. Yeah. yeah. It, it does cost a little more in ads, but um, it is much more powerful. And conversion is what you're going for, and uh, you're trying to reach people. You're you're trying to reach like the right people, but you're also just trying to reach people, because if nobody knows you, then nobody knows you. You don't need to get super specific on like, you know, yeah, my content is only for these people. Like you don't know that yet. You need to test it. So make content, test it. Tons of content, test it. Make more content, test it, and uh, you know, just build your audience that way. Super important. Numero dos. On number two, this is super important, and this is just like things people don't even think of, yes. you know, because they're just so hyped. Yeah. But uh, you have to have a follow-up plan. You got to have like a sequence. You know, you can't just drop one song. Um, you have to build momentum. Everyone just thinks, "Oh, I'm just gonna put out this one thing. I'm gonna be this huge. song's lit. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna yeah. go it's up a the big billboard. song. Yeah. Even those big songs, when you see an artist like blow up out of nowhere with a big mm. song, they still had to build momentum. Yes, because everything is a stepping stone. Everyone likes to think that, like, oh, it's just like from zero, They're and now one hit one now I'm on top of Mount yeah. Everest. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was at the, you know, there's a whole, like, you yeah. know, there's a whole uh, climb to that, and there's different ceilings you got to break through. I think everyone just wants like the easy way out, and, always, and always. thinks like that. That's the how it works. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, you have to start with a little buzz. You got to make, and you got to keep pouring gas on it. So, why don't you explain a little bit more about a follow-up plan, Brad? Yeah, I think a lot of this has to do with don't drop one song and not have another one ready. Right. Yeah. That's like my biggest follow-up plan for the uh, the average independent artists right now today in 2020. Uh, it is February of 2020, so. I think right now it's like a, a great time to talk about this because Valentine's Day was yesterday, right? It's like artists want to jump on, like just like a lot of businesses, but most businesses are ready for this. They have a marketing team. They have an agenda. They've planned for Valentine's Day for like six months, nine months. And most artists are like, I got to hit this Valentine's Day drop. Oh, my God. I'm, I put up a meme the other day because I thought it was so funny. It was like the dude like looking back and going, Ooh, when he the girl walks by, right? And it's like it's like him, he's like the the music, and then the girl is like the uh Valentine's Day, and then his marketing budget is walking with him. And they're both mm -hmm. looking at the girl like, damn, that's probably a good idea, right? Like mm -hmm. we gotta drop everything on Valentine's Day and put all the music budget into it. You're the only one thinking that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> like, oh shit, you're really gonna you're gonna change the game. You're gonna drop on Valentine's Day. Like it's it's literally the worst thing you can think about. Like, oh, I got to drop something on Valentine's Day, right? Um, the problem is, is that it is a very good day to release music if you have 
17 songs ready to go. And you're a business. You're or generating you 17 income. million followers. Yeah. And you can cut through the. You can actually promote. You can actually push this. <laughs> you can push this song on Valentine's Day. It's uh, directed towards Valentine's Day. You have a good like full rollout strategy around it, and you're ready to follow before up. it too. Exactly. So with the I'll, pre-saves, yeah, hundred percent. Like for me, I'm like, have a song. It's been ready for months. Not like I just finished it like a week ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, gotta put it out. Gotta make you know, it. Oh, then Valentine's Day is coming. That's a great time to drop. No, it's not. Don't do that. So don't rush out a, a release. That's the first thing. Second thing is have three to five in the chamber. Like if you don't have three to five in the chamber, you're gonna be scrambling. If you drop that one on Valentine's Day. And it starts to take off, and you got some attention. Then what? Like we gotta go finish this off. You do a shitty recording. You mix and master really faulty. Half-ass release. You half-ass release it, and people are like, "Oh, I don't like this artist. That shit's garbage." What was that second one? Uh, let's mix it up though with uh, number three, which is if you have a follow-up plan, and then you need content. That means you need content for the next release too. Facts. That means. You should Be start ready. shooting music videos, and you should shoot them in a row, save some money. Yes. You know what I mean? Get lined up. Yeah. Get lined shoot up. Shoot three of them with the same director, get a discount. You yes. know what I mean? So The thing, the biggest thing that I learned, like, you know, even, like, starting Radium, right, mm-hmm. is that is that you always want to jump into things, and then you're like, oh, shit, it's Valentine's Day? Oh, shit, it's Black Friday? We should do a thing. Is that the more and the longer you're in business, the long, the longer out, like, you think. Okay, so you're like you're planning for things. You're like, I'm going to do this every day, but like I'm planning for that, you know, Valentine's Day drop. I'm planning for that promotion we're going to do on this time, you know, as opposed Mm -hmm. to like it's coming around. You're like, dude, isn't that like next week? We should do something. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing about business is like when you're new to it, you kind of go like, oh, fuck, that's an opportunity. Right. And you like want to jump at every single opportunity. Oh my God, someone sent me this thing and they need beats for this track. And then you like you're jumping and trying to grab every single opportunity and you're chasing all these rabbits and you don't catch one rabbit. So you sit there and you're like, oh shit, I didn't catch any rabbits and no one cares. And that's going to that's gonna bum you out when you spend your whole mar- music marketing budget on it. And uh, you didn't get anything going. No momentum for Valentine's Day. Didn't happen. But then you also don't have a follow-up. And you're like, oh, God, I got to get that second one done, but I don't have any money to get it finished, (laughs) right? I spent it all on Valentine's Day release. Well, Brad brought something uh, very interesting up that uh, really needed to be brought up. You have to operate as a business, and this is something we said a thousand times. Uh, But think about it like this. Businesses operate in quarters, and then they have to report to their, uh, you know, their shareholders and everything, you know what I mean? Yeah, they have to show numbers. So basically, you have to you have to operate that way. Yeah. So what are you planning when it comes to releases? Q1, Q2, Q3, yeah. Q4. Have it all planned out, you know what I mean? Even if you haven't made the song, just understand that you have an operating budget and you have to mm-hmm. work. And, and for in order for you to create momentum, you have to have multiple releases throughout the year and being consistent. Without right. consistency, you're dead in the water. And that's what we're talking about, follow-up, so... Yeah, just audit yourself and uh, don't think that it needs to be perfect. Like, it is easy to get caught up in like, but businesses have this, right? It's like, yeah, but you're just starting out. Like, you're going to learn a lot from just doing this stuff, right? A lot of it is like a learning experience. But at the end of the day, audit yourself. How did that go? Look at my numbers. Look at your statistics. Look at your, you know, look at what you got going on for... um for uh you know your rollout and what it did for numbers and what it did for everything and really pay attention to it 
All right, at number one. At the number one spot, of course, of course, of course. Most important thing, Brad's favorite to talk about, honestly, is have your ad campaign slash your marketing campaign figured out. Don't figure it out afterwards. Talk about it, Brad. Never never figure it out afterwards. That is <laughs> <laughs> or even during. Yeah. Right? Like, oh okay, so I'm gonna use this example. I'm not gonna name any names, but he just texted me. And uh, you know who you are, so shame on you. Shame. Tisk tisk. And he says, hey, man, I'm going to run an ad on this song that we just dropped. Um, you know, should I target L.A. only or whatever, right? And I'm like, what? No, what? No, don't run any ad on it right now. Like, right? So an ad campaign is, I think it's probably the most misunderstood thing ever in the history of the music industry. Uh, a lot of the times people like to think that they need to do a campaign to release a song. I would say no. Unless that song is something that you 1,000 million percent believe in and already have some sort of following and some sort of buzz. Like let's say you actually have an audience, right? Let's say you go to your Spotify, you got like 100,000 or more streams on a few of your songs. And your last release did pretty well. You guys pushed it. You marketed it. did pretty well. And now you're planning on releasing the bomb, like the shit, the single, the thing that's like, we believe in this shit. Okay, that's that's when you better have had your ad campaign already figured out. Like, literally before you drop the song, you should be doing an ad campaign, campaign on uh, what was, I don't remember the number, but pre-saves, pre-orders. You should be doing it to get pre-saves and pre-orders, right? On the song, you should have snippets. You should be doing all the content stuff. You should be pushing out the content with ads. I wouldn't do it too far out, though, on the pre-save. Not too far out. Because what happens is you lose shareability. Like, right. When, uh, Maybe a yeah. week. Maybe a week. Like five days, right? So if you're five days ahead and you're trickling in, you're starting to push the ads on pre-saves, pre-orders, uh, on Apple, uh, on Spotify, and you're like really starting to push it, you should also be running ads and you should have an ad platform ready to go. You have multiple campaigns ready to test, A-B test. You're not saying, I'm going to run an ad. Sounds like a good idea. To me, that sounds like I want to throw some money away. <laughs> you down, bro? I'm like, dude, give me the money. Like straight up, like you're going to put $50 in ads? Just give me $50. Because there's really no reason that you'll ever want to just spend $50 on an ad, $20 on an ad to promote your song for any sense or any way, unless, unless you plan on doing it for the next year, two years, pushing songs, that you're going to keep a continuous ad budget that you can then spend over time. Do not spend $1 on an ad. That let, me, is, let me get a pro dumb. breakdown in here. Get into it. So basically with ads, um, it's about subsistence. It's like, you know, what, what you're trying to do is basically hit a broad audience and build, break it down into a very small niche market, mm -hmm. figure out how old they are, where they're at, uh, what ethnicity, all sorts of shit, where they shop at, all that type of stuff, um, and where they especially stream music at. So with the ad campaign what you're going to do is basically shoot really broad at first which is why Brad's saying if you're going to put 50 bucks into a song for an ad campaign you're basically wasting your money just give me the money 
Just give me the money. Unless you've done it, like Brad said, for two years where you've got that drip, like, really pure. It's about, like, you know, yeah, you got it's taking a huge market and then sifting it down through ads. And you retarget. And then retargeting that oh. audience that you just sifted down and keep retargeting to the cycle till you have it really pure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where you've sifted it so much that it's, like, you know exactly who you need to hit. They're going to go pre-save. Who's going to go play and pre-save yeah, it and thanks. share it. You know what I mean? They're going to come to my show. So unless you've been doing that or if you're going to do that, you know, uh, over the next two years, there's no reason to do it because no. you're basically uh, doing a false start. And uh, I'll hand it back over to Brad because Brad can really explain that in depth. I mean, I'm not going to go too in depth with it because you can just pick up our ads course. Like I started a Facebook, uh, Instagram ads course directly for musicians, for artists, specifically for people releasing music that don't know what they're doing on that platform. And it's a great overview. It'll help you set up your ads. It'll help you not throw money away. It's going to do all those things for you. So go pick that up. Um, Yeah, we'll put a link, right? Yeah, we'll pop a link down in the description. But I think the most important thing for any of this is that ads are exactly, it's like, it's like showing up and meeting someone for the first time and then going on a second date and a third date and a fourth date. If you really think that you're going to go meet up with someone on a first date and you're just going to have the love of your life and you're going to get married and it's just going to be great. If you think that, you're delusional. And that's how you're treating an audience of thousands, maybe tens of thousands, maybe millions. You're saying, the first time you hear my song, we're going to fall in love, right? So when I spend $50 to reach... 50,000 people, you're all going to love it. <laughs> and you're going to come back for more. No, they're not even familiar with you. You're going to get a 60-year-old in Nebraska that yeah. doesn't like rap music at all. And they're, and they're not going to, they might check you out, and they're going to forget about you. And most of the time, they're not even going to pay attention to that. And uh, that's what an impression is on the ad statistic, right? But at the end of the day, what you're running ads for is you're running ads to directly target people that are already in your audience. You've already built a mailing list. You already have a following on Instagram. You already have listeners on Spotify. And then you're going to retarget those people, make lookalike audiences. You're going to design ads that are specific to those people. And then you're going to target those people. And you're going to do it over and over and over and over again, right? So the biggest thing about ad spend is about budgeting. And um, it's a huge part of any business. I think like the most important thing to budget is for marketing. And if you go, we can afford to do $500 a month on marketing, then hit $500 every single month and hope that you can scale that up, not down, right? So if you think, I want to put $50 into an ad, like I said, give me the $50 because it's just as well served in my pocket. Brad's going to Target. Yeah, I'm going to Target. He's grabbing. I'm getting some toilet paper. I'm going to get Ziggy some fucking delicious meat treats. And guess what you're going to get? Nothing. Just the same as if you pay Facebook or Instagram $50 to run a stupid fucking ad that nobody cares about. If you don't even have the creative especially, you are a fucking idiot. And I'm Oh, gonna, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, gonna, whoa. I'm, gonna, I'm saying I'm saying this directly to you so that you take offense because I want you to think about this really hard. I want you to think, "Am I a fucking idiot? Is Brad right? Maybe I'm right." And if I'm maybe right, then take the $50 and put it in your pocket. Cash out, Brad. Drop your cash out. Cash out it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, go spend it on something else. Go go spend it on uh, uh, an hour in a recording studio. That's way better spent. 
and uh, take a video while you're there to build your Instagram audience and a story and all that stuff so that you can actually get an audience because the ads will do nothing for you. Let me uh, let me just finish like pretty much number zero, but really I included this within number one, which was marketing plan and spreading it out past ad campaign. And this kind of applies to a marketing plan in general. If you don't know what you're doing before you release the song and know your target audience and what you 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 have no business marketing anything. Yeah. So, I mean, but a marketing (laughs) plan is a lot bigger and broader than an ad campaign. So uh, it includes things like influencer marketing, who's going to share your song that has a million followers already, you know, stuff like that. Um, which outlets you can get it on if you're going to try to get on to, um, you know, say a big outlet, you're going to try to get on to um, Vogue magazine, I don't know, whatever magazine, right. you know, uh, website. I mean, um, just start with a podcast, get on someone's podcast. Yeah, but the like I said, a marketing plan, like Brad said, it could mm-hmm. be, uh, you know, a pre-roll on someone's, yeah. you know, YouTube video, podcast, whatever it is. But uh mm-hmm. It, it's really important that you have um, this figured out, you know, what you can spend, who you can get, all these type of things. Yeah. Figure it out before you drop because if you scramble afterwards, it's always hard because um, when a song is released and then you're trying to convince someone to promote the song, mm-hmm. they're no longer excited because they've seen what you could already do from day one of yeah. your release. So Yeah, it's about consistency, but I, I really hope, like, all this stuff is resonate, resonating with you and you're taking it into account. At the beginning of the podcast, I asked you to be taking notes because, like, truly, there's so many details within this that you have to understand the whole business cycle. And when you're rolling out records and you're becoming an artist and you're releasing records, you're starting a business cycle. And if you don't know how to finish the business cycle, like, you're, like, writing a song, you're going to the studio, recording it, you're getting, like, a demo kind of thing, and you're getting, like, halfway through the wheel every time, you're just going to be getting halfway through the wheel. And you're not going to have an actual business. So that's what this whole podcast is about. It's about rolling out a business. It's about taking a product from beginning to end, right? So we're assuming that you already have the song. You already have the recording, mix, master. You got the product. Now we're talking about the actions you need to take to then roll out that product, to then distribute that product, right? So from your from your performance rights organization and signing up with them to getting with sound exchange to all the way to marketing and rolling out a marketing agenda and plan and being consistent with it and then repeating this process over and over again that's when you're going to start to build and design a business around music so thank you so much for tuning in this is episode 77 and um if you haven't already subscribe to the channel hit the like hit the comment Tell us what you think. Tell us, like, do you have any other questions about this stuff? Do you want to get more in detail with what SoundExchange is? Do you want to get more in detail with what ads are and how you should roll out your ad campaigns? Let us know what you're struggling with when it comes to these eight things the most and what you don't understand. Yeah, that's and, super um, important. You know, also, if you have any other ideas for upcoming content for us, you know, we're, we're making these about weekly, and uh, we're covering tips from anything from marketing to um, – all the way down to recording techniques. So make sure you check out the previous podcasts. We have great stuff. We have great guests on those podcasts as well, professionals in their field, uh, not just me and Brad, even though we are professionals. Um, and you definitely uh, can get it from you know the horse's mouth, as they say. So thanks for tuning in, and subscribe, like, comment. We love you. We'll see you next week.